Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You know, one of the biggest sovereign wealth funds in the world. Would you rather have them as a partner or or an enemy? At the end of the day, money talks, and you'd rather have them as a partner. That was Rory McIlroy sounding uh, very pragmatic about the merger between the PGA, the European Tour, and LIV. LIV, of course, was sponsored by Saudi Arabia, a special $600 billion fund that they have available to them. And it's called Sports Washing Saudi Arabia and Their Problems. So uh, it's created quite a, di- a division. It already had a division, created a division, the existence of LIV and the well, the wandering over to LIV for massive amounts of money by some PGA stars. Rory decided he wasn't going to go. And the question is, of course, now what? How are they all going to get along? How is this going to affect the world of golf? And does it really matter ultimately to the golf fan who just wants to see the best product on on the course, uh, like we're seeing now at the Canadian Open? It's uh, the third round today, and uh, Canadian Nick Taylor is at minus 11, 11 under, leading by two strokes. It would be great to see a Canadian but again, most of us remember, two, I think it was 2004, the year after Mike Weir won the Masters, he was he just about had the Canadian Open in his pocket when it all escaped from him. And uh, Vijay Singh uh, dropped a two-foot putt to win it in uh, in sudden death, uh, extra holes. And you could, you could read Vijay's lips. He said, sorry, Mike. Lauren Rubenstein was inducted into the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. He's an incredible sports writer was a golf columnist for many years, author of books like Unprecedented, The Masters and Me, uh, which he wrote with Tiger Woods. Uh, Lorne has written several books with Tiger Woods. Also, Mike Weir with Mike Weir, The Road to the Masters. Mike's uh, Road to the Masters. And the book that I just uh, uh, just love reading, Mo and Me, Encounters with Mo Norman. How are you, Lorne? I'm doing all right, Roy. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you. So uh, if I can just get your sense of this entire live PGA battle, which ended up with the PGA and European tours, I think just surrendering to Saudi money. I guess it was always the way it was going to go because the Saudis have a lot more money than the PGA Tour does. The PGA Tour was starting to dig into its reserves, um, sponsors. Some were not thrilled about, uh, you know, having to ante up for such elevated purses, big purses. Uh, so the Saudis have that bottomless PIF fund, public investment fund, and uh, in the end, uh, it seems to be that uh, money ran the show. No surprise there, and uh, and here we are in a very kind of complicated and confusing situation, mm-hmm. which really we don't know very much yet. Is it your sense that the Saudis and uh, the PIF tour, or the fund, are going to run international pro golf now? Well, I mean, they may. I mean, the uh, they're the power, the group behind all of this money, and generally you don't give up or just, uh, agree to invest this amount of money in an organization without having a pretty large say in it. So I don't know, it might be a stretch to say that they're going to run professional golf, but they're certainly going to be very influential, and we just don't know where things will stand. Uh, we'll know more as time goes on. Um, be, and uh, next year, we'll know even more if Liv will continue. Apparently, Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour boss, um, is kind of have the, has the right to 
disband or end live, but we'll see if he'll do that. It all really uh, doesn't make much sense to me. Why would the Saudis be putting up all the money, but Jay Monahan is the one who's going to make the decision about the continuation of live. Um, so anything is just pure speculation right now. We're all just guessing, and I'm certainly just guessing. The division among the players, feelings were hurt. Um, aggressive things were said about other players. Players who left, players who stayed. How do you how do you heal those divisions? And and golf is a bit of an unusual cat because the players, until Liv arrived, only were paid if they made it to the weekend, and uh, they were paid based on their performance in a tournament. The better they played, the more money they received, and that that paradigm changed. How do you how do you heal? The divisions among players. Do well, think? I don't think that'll be easy. You know, once it's decided how players who went to live are going to come back to the, <clears throat> excuse me, to the PGA Tour if they want to, and they'll be on the practice range beside guys like, as you say, McElroy, probably the number one player. Um, you know, who has spoken out so clearly against it, even to this week at the Canadian Open, he said he still hates live and hopes it goes away. Friendships have been fractured, relationships have been, you know, compromised and corrupted. So, you know, we, we don't know. I, I don't think it'll be easy. But again, you know, money talks. And down the road when they're all playing for these enormous purses uh, and they'll just want to go out and play golf. I think it puts the players who stayed with the PGA Tour and uh, were loyal to the PGA Tour in a bit of an awkward position or an unpleasant position in the sense that if they disagree with this whole um, kind of cozying up to the Saudis, if they disagree with it, and obviously some do, now they're in the position that either they go along with it or what are they supposed to do? Quit playing golf like Adam had when, I think it was uh, Adam Hadwin who said this week, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to keep playing golf. Uh, and uh, so he doesn't have much choice in the matter unless he wants to go ahead and do something else. So it's, it's definitely awkward. And the fans want to see the best, the best tournaments. They want to see the best players playing against each other. So ultimately the fans are going to lose interest in the backroom deals, I think, and just look for what, what they enjoy the most. Um, Canadian Open 2023, we have uh, Nick Taylor. Uh, 11 under, when I last looked a couple of minutes ago, two-stroke lead. It would be fantastic if a Canadian won this won this year. What would be really great, Roy, is if uh, in the final group tomorrow, if Taylor was in the final group and Corey Connors has a good round today. I mean, he starts uh, in what, uh, now he's three shots off the lead, but he hasn't even started yet. He's starting in just a very few minutes. So um, he's two, he's three behind now. He uh, Before Taylor played this fantastic round, he was one shot off the lead. So it'd really be something if not one, but two players yeah. were in the final, uh, final group tomorrow. That would be really exciting. In any case, we know we're going to have Taylor at least right up there. And it would be very surprising if Corey Connors uh, isn't there as well because he's such a fine player and ball striker. And if he's holding a few putts today, he could be the one leading at the end. But having said all that, and there are all kinds of other really good players too. I'm watching McElroy putt here on, I think, the fifth hole. Uh, yeah, he's on the fifth hole. He's made one birdie, and he's four behind, and he's got a lot of golf ahead of him. And he's the last, uh, he's the winner the last two times the Canadian Open has been played. So imagine a final threesome of McElroy, Connors, <laughs> And Rory just made that putt, so he's eight under now. Yeah. Imagine all threesome of Taylor, McElroy, and Connors. That would be pretty good. That would be pretty good. And so many of the Canadian players were introduced to golf, perhaps, and motivated by Mike Weir's win in 2003 of the Masters, which you wrote about. Mike Weir, and wrote with Mike, the road to the Masters. 
Yeah, they acknowledge acknowledge that. You know, it's 20 years ago now, and these guys were, you know, some of them were just teenagers, uh, and uh, they watched Mike win, and they got inspired by it for sure. And should a Canadian win tomorrow, another whole generation will be inspired by their winning, just like on the women's side, um, young girls have been inspired by and motivated by Brooke Henderson uh, doing so yeah, well. So, sure. yeah, there's always there's kind of a cycling that goes on like that. Uh, one generation does well and encourages the next generation. So it's kind of very interesting to see. I've seen it in other countries as well. Australia years and years ago when Greg Norman was doing so well and inspired a young group of players like Adam Scott and others. So uh, you do see it. Or Spain with Seve Ballesteros. Yeah, so you know that seems to be happening here. There's a, there's a whole bunch of 30 handicappers who have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> That's all right. 30 handicappers can become 20, 20 can become 10, 5 can become 2. That's the promise of the game anyway. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.